heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Hello and welcome to another wonderful week of Healing the Whole Person. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I'm your host, Joan McHugh, and we have two guests in the studio, Susie McGinn and Annie Oakley. Uh, They'll probably be sharing in the conversation. I have a very special gift for you today on Valentine's Day. He's a priest, Father Rick Wendell, whose story will touch the deepest aches and worries in your hearts and fill them with gratitude for the personal love that Jesus and his mother Mary have for each one of us. All Father Rick ever wanted was to marry his high school sweetheart, raise a family, and have a successful career making lots of money. But God had his own ideas for Rick Wendell. After Catholic high school, Father graduated from St. John's University in Collegeville, Minnesota. Then he went on to get a a BS, a pre-med degree from the University of Wisconsin. Father has been a diocesan priest for 13 years, where he now serves the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Father Wendell, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on. We've been looking forward to this, Father, uh, for a long time. So thank you for for joining us. I want to start by asking you, you share in the book, uh, this wonderful book called Of Men and Mary, that although you were raised in a Catholic family, that God wasn't relevant in my life. Will you elaborate on that, Father? Well, today is the 59th anniversary of me being uh, baptized. So my mother, on Valentine's Day, brought me into the cathedral in Milwaukee <laughs> and had me baptized by her cousin, who was a priest with the Divine Word Missionaries. The same priest had witnessed th- my parents' wedding, and ultimately was the priest who vested me in my priestly attire. Um, Little did we know that that was going to happen, but I was conceived on my parents' honeymoon in Rome two weeks into their honeymoon. Wow. And and, and so, you know, they went on to Ireland, and my mom kissed the Blarney Stone, and and Mm -hmm. I was inside, so that's why (laughs) I kind of have the gift of gap. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But but we were, you know, we were raised going to, you know, church on Sunday, um, which at that time, you know, in the 60s, there wasn't anything else to do. So you went to grandma's or they came to our house for the big dinner. Uh, we always said grace at meals and prayers at bedtime. Um, and it just was kind of that normal Catholic existence in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, n- nothing that seemed unusual for me. And, of course, Milwaukee's, you know, was predominantly Catholic at that time. Um, with fish fries and all that kind of stuff. Um, ended up growing up following my dad's employment and ended up um, on the Minnesota side of, of the river that separates Minnesota from Wisconsin by Hudson. And uh, I went to the local Catholic high school about 22 miles away uh, at the insistence of my father. And um, I never changed my football alliance, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Through and through, you know. But, um, you know, I, I went to Catholic high school. I was an honor student and an athlete and all that kind of stuff. But um, 
Catholic faith really wasn't that part of it in the 70s, you know. They were kind of like, well, whatever, you know, God loves you, you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I crashed on a motorcycle after my senior year and spent eight hours in surgery and plaster on three uh, up limbs and had to go to the local college until I went up to St. John's. And I was glad to get out of the house because my dad and I just didn't see eye to eye. So I went to this Catholic university where, you know, no one was required to go to mass, so no one did. And, you know, I was pretty much a wild child. You know, when I graduated from high school, 500 people paid to come to my high school graduation party. <laughs> and uh, then the cops didn't arrest anybody, and I went to five proms my senior year with different women. Um, no one expected me to be a priest by a long shot. Least of all you, Father, you write. Oh, gosh, no. That I was not in your plans. You you write you, in the book, it says you were a high school honor student who was into sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but there was only one way to go, full-on, top speed, ready to risk life for the next thrill. That's how you oh, lived yeah, out your watching, years. I was watching the, uh, the World Championship downhill on the week, uh, last weekend, and I was thinking when I was, you know, when I was 22, 23, 24, I was hurtling down the hill at 60 to 80 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. What was I thinking? <laughs> you know? I mean, I have, I have surgeries on every appendage, broken this, broken that, you know. Um, I mean, God saved me so many times, it's not even funny. But right. I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it like, I'm just lucky or whatever. Right, right, right. And, uh. So I lived, uh, you know, I, I skied 150 days a year, and I was a pre professional lifeguard, and I just, you know, full on, like you said. And then I fell into construction work because um, I had to have something to do in the season between lifeguarding and skiing. And then I liked the money of, you know, carpentry better than I liked just, you know, hanging out on a, you know, with an oiled tan. <laughs> and uh, by twenty, by by twenty seven, I had fifteen men working for me building custom homes. So, so um, I was making money hand over fist. Go ahead. You built high end golf course homes, custom homes, yeah. and and you you it right. You say in the book that the world shouted success at me with possessions, money, power, popularity, and girlfriends, and you became engaged, right, Father? Yeah, I ran into a girl that was a year ahead of me in high school who was just a doll. But, you know, in high school, senior chicks don't look at junior boys, right? Oh, right. Un until you're 29 years old and you're buff and got a big wallet and you're just bold as brass. And um, <laughs> we like the same stuff on, you know, on pizza. <laughs> we were we were Catholics, you know, Catholics in name only, you know, you, right. you know, priesters I call you, right, or CEOs, Christmas and Easter only, you know, right. I mean, it, it was part of our culture, and, but it really wasn't part of what we were living, you know. Right, I understand. So, yeah. So, Father, so I, at I, this time, it I, was difficult because your mom and dad were divorcing. And it was a rough time for you, but then um, you continued on your motorcycles and in your fast-paced life, and then you ended up uh, with a terrible accident. Well, I, I had to go to the, I, I got a big cut. Now, I've been, a, I've been in the hospital many times, many surgeries, all that kind of stuff. 
So it was like I always bounced back, but I had to go get this cut that I got on the job site fixed. Now, my mother was living with me, not because I was the greatest kid in the world, but that was just the way it was working out. So um, being a ski patrol, which is an EMT, really, I had her drive me to the hospital, which we did, and they took care of me, but, you know, and, and then we left the hospital and just drove about, I don't know, four or five minutes down to the grocery store. Mom wanted to grab a couple items. Well, while I was sitting in the car, my heart started to race. And I thought, no, it's just, it's just hot out because it was June. And it just wouldn't settle down. And so I thought, you know, I better go inside because otherwise they might just find me. And I got through the automatic doors of uh, the Morfor grocery store in Hudson, Wisconsin, and I grabbed the bus boy and I said, you're going to have to do CPR, and I collapsed. Oh, man. Oh. And uh, my mom was in the checkout line. She tells me her side of the story, which was, like, you know, she saw me go down. Now, she's been a healthcare professional her whole life. So she just started barking orders. And the uh, ambulance was a half a block out of the parking lot one way and turned the corner, and there's the fire station. So they come lickety-split. And uh, my mother says, don't assess him, just load him. So they mm. slapped me in the gurney, put me in the ambulance, and I didn't even make it out of the parking lot before I coded. So I had no heartbeat, no respirations. Um, so they hit me three times with the paddles, couldn't get me going. And so they were manually working me while they, you know, went up the hill for five minutes to the hospital. And they took me in, and they were they were doing everything they could to get me going because, you know, I was 29 years old. I was, like, in great shape. Oh, you were young. And, um, yeah, the young man. So something something very special happened when you coded, Father. You uh, Will you tell us about that? Well, people find it interesting. I'm, I'm like a cloud of witnesses, like it says in scriptures, but um, I had what most people call a near-death experience where I... I, I collapsed with the bus boy, and then the next thing you know, I was, you know, this guy was over the top of me, and he was leaning on me, and I, I couldn't feel it. And there was this excited conversation going on, but I couldn't hear it. And I could see everything, even behind me, at the same time, but I was like, you know, maybe I was still in my body, and I was laying on my back. And all the details of the, you know, because they had me already hooked up to IVs and I could see the bag swinging and stuff like that. And then I went through the picture, if you will, into nothing, into blackness, utter blackness. But I, it wasn't an emotional thing. I, was, I wasn't scared. I wasn't happy. I, wasn't, I was just there. And, and this is where description really starts to fail. Because you can't talk about over there, there's light. But there was this light, and it came toward me, or I came toward it. I don't know, because there wasn't anything else there. And and some people say it looks like a tunnel. Well, okay. But all of a sudden, I was in the presence of this light, and it didn't start someplace and go out. It just was... I was there. And how could something be incredibly intense and soft at the same time? 
and it's not a color. It's not, I don't know, it's not a wavelength. It's not, it's just, I was in the present, but the thing was instantly I knew there was God. Wow. Like beyond my, beyond my, my best question, because we all have our questions right? mm-hmm. and we raise our questions and we think about that and St. Thomas Aquinas writes about them and, and all that kind of stuff. But this is like before thought. You don't think about it and go, I agree with it. It's just there. And Aquinas, or uh, St. Thomas Aquinas will call it infused knowledge. It just comes directly from God. And I get that. But I didn't learn that or hear that until a decade or so later. All I knew is that I knew that there's God, that I wasn't God. I knew a bunch of stuff about life and and relationships and what this is all about. But the biggest thing for me, you know, there's two things. One, there is no time. Time doesn't exist as a thing. It's our way of relating to the physical events that go around us. I mean, it has a certain reality in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, the moon does have effect on the tides. I mean, those things actually occur. You know, the lunar cycle, women know a lot better than men, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I... I mean, intimately, personally, emotionally, all those, th- those things truly exist, but they don't exist in their own finality. Mm-hmm. They're just our way of relating. Father, what were you feeling? Well, that's, you know, the... That's what happened. That's what the most distinct part of the experience was. Was that I didn't know you could be loved like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know it was like that. I I, I was completely in you know overwhelmed, involved in it. See, like you know, I spent a lot of my adult life trying to prove that I was better than other people because my dad would never recognize me mm-hmm. you know he just he just couldn't bring it bring himself to tell me that he loved me mm-hmm. he couldn't tell me that he approved of me no matter how well I did it you know as an eagle scout you name it I sure. did it right it was never good enough my mama loved me you know I was clearly her favorite or firstborn but I thought love was some kind of an exchange. You know, I'll give you love, you give me love. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's and not what, like that. And what was this love? This was a love so intense, so overwhelming, you don't care about nothing else. I mean, all you want to do is be loved. Wow. And, in, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, we're literally created by love itself. We're created to love and to be loved. You know, let's create man in our own image. Well, what is our own image? What's well, the relationship of the Father, the Son, to the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. A, a, a dynamism of love going on all the time. So well, we're, did, we're it, created I, to be loved. I, right? I, this is so profound, but did you see Jesus at that point, or did you just know love? Not at that Nope. Okay. Nope, and I didn't have a life review at that point. Oh. I just was in the presence of God, and... Um, and then 
you know, being as loved as I was, it felt like I was falling away, you know. Mm-hmm. And I kept preaching because I didn't want to leave. But then you said you w- you did were leaving, and you then you when you were kind of waking up, you had a, a an anguish, a mental and spiritual anguish. You would have received an eternal banishment had you died in that state. Is that correct, Father? Yeah, it it developed over the next three days, and and what happened is is that I died on a Friday afternoon at three o'clock, uh-huh. not knowing what that meant. Uh-huh. What is that? That's mm-hmm. the hour of Jesus' death. Yes, right. It's his, the hour of mercy, you know, St. Faustina, through her relationship with Jesus, lets us know that's the hour of mercy. I had no idea. I was 30 years old and essentially a carpenter. I also have the same blood type that's recognized in the Eucharistic Miracles, AB positive. Wow. See, they were going to ship me to a... Uh, a harvest center because I had a donor card on file and I'm less than 2% of the population in blood type. So, o- Father, you say rest. that you, you had a paralyzing terror. Why Why were you terrified? Well, when I, there, it wasn't there. I went to the hospital on, you know, so that was Friday right. and the ambulance crew went, went with. They never left. And this was a two and a half hour ordeal. On Saturday, they ran me through all these tests, could not find anything wrong with me. No residual anything. On Sunday morning, I relived the experience of dying, spiritually aware and horrified that if it had continued and I had gone to my judgment, I would have gone to hell. Now, none of us think that we're that bad. Right. But I was. And, and... Yeah, it terrifies you. What you want perpetual banishment? I would wish that on my worst enemy. Is that what you were feeling like would have happened to you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it scared me like I faced down guns when I was 16. I mean, it scared me like you can't possibly imagine. And then I picked up the um the scriptures that were yesterday that I'd marked before with a a passage in Psalms 25, 4 through 6, that my then fiance's half-brother, who was a Lutheran missionary, had brought in as a, you know, and, and I didn't know where it was in the Bible. So we marked it, and that morning I opened it up, terrified, and it, it was go, you know, teach me your ways, O Lord, make your paths known to me, for you are the Lord my Savior. I will always trust in you. Do not remember the sins of my youth. And then he led me through the Bible. All Old Testament. And so you really felt like you were being, like, personally taught by Jesus at that point. It was the Father. It was the Father, and I was going to be restored to my um, inheritance, which I had been. So, Father, we're, we're, coming, up, we're coming up on a break. I'm sorry at this juncture, yeah, but we'll look forward then to hearing uh, how the Father directed you uh, after after the break. Thank you so much, Father. What a beautiful, inspiring story.
Hi, I'm Juliana Tamarazzi, the host of Voice of Nineveh on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. Please join me in our studio audience every first Friday of the month at 11 a.m. to discuss matters which our Christian brothers and sisters face every day in the Middle East. To make reservations to be in the studio audience, please call us at 224-206-8455. That number again is 224-206-8455. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. This is Father Mitch Packwell from EWTN Radio in Arndale, Alabama. It is such a great way to learn more about the faith by listening to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. You can join us for information about what's going on in Catholic news, ways to understand the faith better, and ways to become evangelists yourself. So please continue to listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back. We're talking to Father Rick Wendell, who was just telling us about his near-death experience and that he, the Lord or the Father was guiding him now. You heard an interior voice, Father, is that correct? And Jesus spoke to you, this sickness will not end in death. It is for God's glory right. so that God's Son yeah. may be glorified through it. So continue, Father. It's the same thing he said to Lazarus. And the same to well, Lazarus, you know, Susie. I- I was in the hotel room, or the hotel, the hospital room, I was telling you, and then, you know, I was being led through the Old Testament about, you know, how I, we are all Israel, Ish meaning man, El meaning God, Israel, man turns to God, mm-hmm. and it's not a nation state, it's us, when, when Israel, that's about us, so you end up with this dip, deeper knowledge, so anyway, I'm like freaked out about all this, I'm crying like a you know, and I'm going to the bathroom to wipe my nose, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, I get this, you know, on your knees. And then it was like, this is what you've done with your life, because you just shown me. And I and I go, and he goes, give me your life. Hmm. And um, so I did. The next day, um. I end up in, in the New Testament, and the first thing I get is, you know, Jesus is going to go see his buddy Lazarus, who's dead. And he meets his sister on the road, and she says, you know, if you would have come here, my brother wouldn't have died. And he's going, a man, even though he'd be dead, will live, and a man who lives in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, that's the final question for all of us. 
is that do you believe that Jesus is the gatefold? Do you believe Jesus is the only way to the Father? Do you believe that Jesus, right, loves you, died for you, and has given you the promise of eternal life? Do you believe that? Because I don't care what religion you do, I don't care if you're an atheist. When you come to your judgment, you will answer that question. Mm-hmm. And 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 I was like, I get it. Yeah, I've heard your voice before. I just ignored it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you know, I, I get this. So now I leave the hospital and I'm in the same skin and everything's different, right? Because now nothing's an accident. We are not a bunch of accidents of cosmic dust that just happen accidentally to fall together and crawl out of the primordial mood, ooze. What a bunch of jokers you are to think that. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is harder to believe, that this is an, a creation by Almighty God that he keeps in, in perpetual reality because he has decided to do it so, or do you believe some cockamamie idea that, which takes more faith, right? Right, yeah. And I got a science degree. So anyway, I, and my mother's going, you're going to scare your friends away. Start <laughs> and I go, well, you look, it happened to me. Because if you believe it, doesn't make me believe it more. And if you don't believe it, doesn't make me believe it any less. But how do you explain me standing at the altar? You know, cause, because I might not be your cup of tea, but I'm tea, Right. I'm a priest that's confecting the Eucharist. I'm a priest who really believes that something actually happens in confession. So I go, I'm trying to find my way, and long story short, I find myself over to this little tiny town in a communist country called Medjugorje. And stuff happens to me every day, including the very first day I was taken away and I was shown my life. I had a life review there. And I was shown from the time I was five years old when I stole a little Hot Wheels card that my parents would have bought for me if I would have just asked. And felt how that broke God's heart, this little boy that he loved so much. And how that hurt other people. And all the way through the, these incredibly bad sins that happened in my life. And I was just sobbing. And, and my whole life went by in a matter of about 10 minutes of earthly time. And uh, my mother, who I've been looking for, was now sitting on a bench. Um, and I went up behind her and wrapped my arms around her neck and put my cheek next to her and saw this miracle of the sun, like at Fatima and all this stuff. That the most powerful energy source known to man, God can manipulate it at his will because he made it. He controls it. He, he doesn't break the laws. He makes the laws. And I went from there and uh, went to the best confessional of my whole life with this Irish priest. And he told me to climb the mountain without my shoes on not even as a penance, just an equalizer, and to pray for every person I hurt. Oh, oh, beautiful. I came down off the mountain, and I actually felt, I actually felt forgiven. And I went down to the church, and there he was, took me in a room with about 20 other people, nothing happened to anybody else. I walked up to him, I got a, four feet away, my mouth just opened, 
involuntarily in it. And what I said was, I have many scars upon my heart, but what I want is the Holy Spirit. And he put his, he, he put some oil on my forehead, you know, like at your confirmation. Mm-hmm. He, put, he put his hand on my head, he put his hand in my heart, and the Holy Spirit descended in power. And, and not like scary, but awesome, mm-hmm. frightened. Like mm-hmm. the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And I had a union with God, and I've never been the same. Oh, Father. Never Beautiful. been the same. Right. How the next day is, of course, what? The Feast of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> and I have another visitation. And I'm sitting in the field. Not sitting. I'm standing in this grass field. And and up walks Jesus. Just like you'd expect him to look. You just so you saw and him. Like, yeah, I just walked. It was just, it was like it was like normal. Wow. You know. And I think that's how the I think that's how everybody understood. He, he walked up. It was like normal. But he communicated to me like beyond words, like before words, without even moving his lips. Mm-hmm. He goes, "I want you to be a priest." Oh. And I'm 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 like totally candid with God, and I'm like. <laughs> You must be joking. <laughs> like, I'm the worst, you know. I'm the worst sinner ever. We just went through this, you know, <laughs> in technicolor. <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah." And I go, "Look, I'm engaged to be married. You know, I love her. I've named my kids. The dress is bought. The country club is rented. I've treated her as my wife before she's my wife." He goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, come on. You know, don't you, this isn't for people like me. You like, don't you create these guys from all eternity and then from conception on, and then they and, and then they end up going up altar boy shoot and they're ordained priests, right? Isn't that how that works? <laughs> and he goes, I know what I'm doing. And he walked away. And I was just crushed. Because now every dream that I ever had is over, wow. and I, I never, I never wanted to be a priest. You know that wasn't part of it. But what do you do now? You know, I mean, can I deny it? I suppose you could, but so I had to go home. And there she is at the airport. Oh my! All five foot nine plus heels, gorgeous. And she's like, welcome home, honey. And I know exactly what that means. And I'm like, I'm really tired. I need to go home. You know, <laughs> oh, man. doing anything to avoid it. Because what do you say? Oh, my. So anyway, um, I tried to fight it for a while. I did. I, I mean, I never dated again. It wasn't like that. It was just like. You know, the church is not perfect, right? Right. Nope. I mean, it is, you know, it is the bride of Christ and, and all that. But she's got a couple warts and a couple problems today, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll say. <laughs> so, you know, so anyway, in uh, a couple years later, I met in Medjugorje the guy in the first story who you talked about, interviewed before, Father Mike Leitner. Yes, Father. And we went to the seminary together, you know, along with another guy, because this is out of Antioch. 
right? Illinois? Yes, yes. the beam. Mm -hmm. Okay. So his name is Father Rob Picot. P-E-C-O-T-T-E. -T -T -E. I think that's how you spell it. We were all in the Diocese of Fargo. Father Rob Picot was like an abject failure in life in every way. Thrown out of the service, divorced, this, that, and the other thing. The bishop called him up there. He became the greatest philosopher the seminary had ever seen. Oh, my. He's brilliant, right? He, he's also part of the Catholic radio system up there, interestingly Oh, enough. we'll have to talk to him. Oh, you should. He's, a, he's amazing. He's a poet. He's all that. Wow. You know, and then and then I heard on the break, Father Mitch Pacwa. Yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Father Mitch Pacwa and I were supposed to be in duck camp because he's as big a hunter as I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I have a secret, double secret uh, cell phone number. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, I was, I was, I finally uh, was ordained after 10 years of uh, formation and a bunch of degrees and a bunch of persecution. Um, to the holy priesthood of God, you know, and and um, there's been some really cool stuff. You well, know? I, would you, you uh, can you share uh, uh, what do you mean the the persecution? I mean, because if you're such a, a true believer, Father, or, or what kind of persecution? Yeah, you roll in the seminary, and you know, like many people are more uh, they want to like deal with your. Uh, your anxieties, your you know, uh, maybe personal brokenness or whatever. Like they don't under, they don't understand a pro football player, you know, going to the seminary. They don't understand a guy like me, right? You know, who doesn't need to do the seminary in any way, shape, or form. Why am I there? But, but that that's not everybody. You know, it's like there's there's a duality that always goes on in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the people who love Jesus, and then there were the professional theologians who were like, who the heck is this guy? Right. Mm -hmm. And, but what, what, what is the end of the ministry of Jesus Christ is to meet the needs of the people of God. If they need to be healed, you lay your hands on them, and you heal them. Mm -hmm. But the greatest healing of all is when you raise your hand in absolution. Right. Yes. Right. Yes, Father. And and then, you know, it came out of my mouth at a internment, you know, not too long ago. Now, now this person is completely healed in Jesus Christ. Going going to heaven, right? In the grace of Almighty God, is the ultimate healing of every part of our being. That's right. So that's what you know. It's you know. To preach, to teach, to heal, you know, to be there for people in their when they're when they're when they're suffering, when they're mourning, when they need advice, um, when they when you just need to give them a hug, all those things. When you need to challenge people, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you know, you know, marijuana is not the way to happiness. It's just not. Mm -hmm. you know? And, and and the things that, you know, everyone is a sinner, right? And has fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, we must seek the forgiveness and mercy of God, available to us for the asking. But you got to want to. 
You got to want to be changed. Now, I'm a guy with a hard head. I swear, Louisville Slugger is imprinted on my forehead backwards. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I was one that, you know, laid on the road and goes, well, who are you? And then your life has changed, forever changed. How do you, how do you ignore the grace of God like that? Now, that doesn't happen to everyone. It, it happens in different ways to all of us. Mm-hmm. But when a woman walks into the sacristy and goes, thank you for praying for me last week before my breast cancer surgery, I just want to tell you, Father, my surgeon said in 35 years, he has never taken out a, breast, a tumorous breast cancer and there's no cancer in it. Father, I'm cancer-free. Oh, beautiful. And I say, praise be Jesus Christ. Because yes, I yeah. can do nothing. I can do nothing. But God can do anything he wants. You know, down by your way, you had Father Peter Mary Rookie. Oh, yeah. yes. You know, we all know he was a saint, right? Yes, Father. Right. And so many healing graces came through him, but he never took that upon himself. And none of us should, right? No. In whatever way that God wants to use us, then let him use us. Father, I think it's such a miracle that the person that you were, the life you lived, uh, the lifestyle, the, the morals, all of it, you it has been completely transformed into this man of service and love. I mean, it, 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 it's almost isn't for real. It's like, is it real, Father? Are you really happy anointing and serving and hearing confessions? And yeah, that's... And, and um, you know, I, I don't have to prepare a homily. I just walk up to the microphone, whatever you want, Lord, and, you know, it rips. Wow. Oh. Now, for, for people, for people, priests and other, you know, who agonize all week over their homily and write mm-hmm. it out and redact it and do, you know, I, I'm troublesome for them, mm-hmm. you know, because that that ain't, you know, they're they're struggling with that, and I don't have to. So what? How how is it that that happens? Explain to our to us, our listeners. How does that happen that you can give a full talk without preparing? Because once I was, once the Holy Spirit took over, you know, I, 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 I was at a conference that drew about a thousand people, and they asked me to do the rosary because they liked my spontaneous meditations. And then they said, we understand you have a story. So I walked up to the microphone, and I remember in ninth grade, Mr. Chenier's speech class where your knees are knocking together and you can, you know, (laughs) um, or, uh, you know, Uh and I was absolutely clear and I could actually watch the people watching me and see the movement of the spirit in the crowd. And I was, and I was like, wow. So that's, and and it's a, it's a trust in almighty God to say, look, 
these scriptures are internalized to me. I know these stories. I, they're, and they're not just stories. So how do you communicate that to other people? Well, I think you do that in my own way. Mm-hmm. In, in, in talking about how, how these scriptures have impacted me, does this happen for you too? Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you see this? Mm-hmm. I mean, and... and um, You're real with people. You're very real and truthful with people. I don't know any other way to be, mm-hmm. really. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm not doing this for money or power or chicks, man. I'm just like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here because this is what God has called me to. Father, we only have some minutes left. Uh, would you just uh, yeah. give us a minute or two about Our Lady, your devotion to Our Lady? Yeah, well, it, you know, the, the thing was it began with um, the Medjugorje thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it's kind of a long story, but there was this prayer room, you know, and I ended up, Going and they're praying a rosary for the troops in Desert Storm, and then some of them would get up and they'd pray together spontaneously, and they said, "You have a special calling to go to Medjugorje," and I was like, "What? <laughs> what does that mean?" They said, "If you decide to go, Mary will pay for it," and I'm like, "You guys are cracked, you know? This is church speak or whatever." So anyway, <laughs> I, I actually made reservations to go and the very next morning there was a check in my mailbox for $3,800 from the insurance company because I had turned in the fact that they I was I was awake because of the they didn't want to do the anesthetic put me under for for a knee surgery and they they were charging for somebody who wasn't in the room you ever heard of somebody getting a kickback from the insurance company for being honest (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good so so I go I go to Medjugorje and you know, it's all about how Our Lady is saying the same message over and over. You know, convert, turn yourselves back to God. Pray. Like, make use of the rosary. Make use of the sacraments for grace. Mm-hmm. It, it's very. It's a very basic message. It's the same place. Fatima, Lourdes, Kinkaditia, you, you name the site in whatever part of the world, it's the same mother. She's not a different mother someplace else. She's the same mom. And she's trying to draw us back into a relationship with Almighty God. Mm-hmm. And and so she, she interested My mother Mary loves me. And I have never heard her voice. I've heard the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I've never heard her voice. Mm-hmm. But I know she loves me. And now that my mother is dead two years, that's the mother's comfort to me mm-hmm. and and she has always gotten out of the way so that so that her son the father and the holy spirit can receive the worship and adoration that they deserve mm-hmm. so you know the the beauty of her is her humility and that she gets out of the way so that we can have a relationship with almighty god that's fruitful that really does change us and she will better she she will lead us to them is that the bottom line father sure of course you know if you if you go to i saw a thing on lords last night and i've been there if 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 you're sick and you want to get healed 
there's a good chance you go to the bath at Lourdes, you're going to get healed mm-hmm. physically. Yes, Father. Medjugorje is about the confessional. Yes. yes. I mean, I will sit there for four, five, six hours a day hearing confessions and never, ever get tired. Yes, Father. Father, we have two minutes left. I, I, I really hate to stop you. Will you come back sometime? Sure. Thank you. So we, we Absolutely. You, we we really we really have to stop because we have people that have asked us for prayers, and right. we'll, we'll end the show and ask you to pray for these people, and then would you bless our listeners, Father, who are all listening with um, with very open and touched hearts, I'm sure. So the we have a, a brother Alexander Chung who has asked. Uh, he wants to be another Saint Paul the Apostle in the way that God desires it. That's his prayer, Father. And then we have a, uh-huh. a, a prayer request uh, from John. He, he says his father is not remembering some things, and he had high blood pressure. He was feeling fine, but by the time the paramedics arrived, uh, they went in for precautionary tests. The neurologist saw spots. He is staying for a second night at the hospital. Please keep him in your prayers. And any tests mm-hmm. that come out, that they, he'd be okay. So we're praying for, for uh, John's father and for all uh, the intentions of everyone here, Father. And uh, then you, so would you pray for those, Father? Absolutely. You know, on this feast uh, of St. Cyril and Methodius, I'm still going for St. Valentine, Lord. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That it's, it's really about love. It's about right. your love for us. Yes. It's about the love that you want us to have for you and the love that you want us to share with one another. So, Lord God, that you would magnify that love in our lives, that you would that you would mend any broken relationships that we have with one another because your forgiveness, Lord God, and is, is our call to forgive one another, that there's nothing beyond forgiveness. And, and that, Lord God, not only would you forgive us of our sins, but we would forgive the sins that other people have have transgressed against us so that we might be free and they might not be condemned. That you might mend our family relationships, Lord God, in all the ways that they might be broken. Uh, and relationships among all, all, the, all our love relationships. But, Lord God, we also um, cry out to you that you would convert um, our family members, mine mm-hmm. and Amen. and. and the big one of, of all the children, Lord God, that have fallen away from the faith. Lord, that you might inspire them in some way to come back to you to learn what love really is and how they might be forgiven and that they might have a promise of eternal life. Lord, heal the sick. Right? in all, all of our sick, in all the ways that they are sick, in mind, body, or spirit, that, that you would sovereignly heal them, but you would also use the scientific community and everybody to have the greatest of therapies. We, we would ask you to strike the scourge of cancer, Lord God. There's Thank way you, too Jesus. much cancer. You, Lord. Um, Lord, we're dealing with a lot of dementia. Lord, that you might show us ways that, that we might uh, be healed. Um, and, and, and all the psychological problems that people seem to be having lately, that you would um, give us real insight so that we might help each person in whatever they're struggling with help people who are mourning. I just remember Jim today and, and his wife of, of uh, over six, was it 60 or 70 years. Lord that, um, Lord, that you would heal all those who mourn, that you would comfort them. 
Lord, for this uh, brother who wants to be an apostle after your design for him, let let it be him in your design, Lord God, that he might bring souls to you. Lord, that uh, in every way, that every request, whether it's kept in the silence of our hearts, uh, which is still known to you, Lord God, is answered according to your most holy will through the intercession of Our Lady and through the intercession of St. Cyril, St. Methodius, and St. Valentine on this day. Lord, that you might heal our church, that you might heal the ministers that need it, that you might boil up those priests, bishops, archbishops, cardinals that need your extra strength this day to stand for what is right and true. We ask you that for also our secular governments and all the way so that real justice might be for every person on this planet. Lord, we continue to seek you and, and ask you to bless this radio ministry and to all those who put their efforts to it, that it might reach out to those who need to hear it most. Just thank you, Lord God, for the blessing this day to be able to do this. Never thought I'd be in this situation to be able to do it, but Lord God, you've called me to it through the intercession of Our Lady Medjugorje. So I ask through that same intercession and the intercession of all our patron angels and saints that you might bless us this day and always. And bless all your family members as well. In the name of the Father, yeah, and of the Son, Son and, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Rick, thank you so much. God bless. God bless you too. Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.